Hey there friends, it's Phil and it's episode 66, if that's your lucky number. Welcome! So, <clears throat> I actually thought today that I might actually attempt <laughs> to, <clears throat> excuse the frog in the throat, um, I might even attempt today to do, do a podcast sharing some of my knowledge of uh, some 16 years in the garden and uh, probably more so actually my 16 years of lawn care um and unusual as it feels i'm going to try and put some really decent thinking together and share it on the podcast so it's a kind of valuable podcast to listen to because <clears throat> here's the thing Keep in mind, right, the, the podcast may stray from the theme, the theme, but we'll always get back to the right place eventually. Right, so some today's podcast, if I get back to the, the point that I was going to discuss in depth, is what do you do with your lawnmower over winter? That's the question. What do you do with your lawnmower over winter? Because I'm in North Yorkshire in the UK, even though the accent is from Middlesex, which is on the outskirts of London, or it's actually Middlesex, I think was a county, it was a county area of greater, or it's called greater London now, but it was a county area outside of London, I'd say, 25 years ago, but over the last, Say particularly the last 15 years, that term Middlesex has dropped off of the postal address and it's kind of been replaced by the term Greater London. Like all of the counties surrounding London have been replaced by county, uh, well, have been replaced by this term Greater London. And I guess the the underlying narrative of why that's not a bad idea is that Pinner, even though it was in Middlesex, um you could actually get a tube, the underground. Well, actually, it was the overground. You could actually get a tube from where I used to live in Middlesex, a place called Pinner, um, which actually was the... If you look on a map, it's the Met line, the Metropolitan line, the purple one. And that was my, um, my, my journey in to London, whenever I wanted to go into London. Whether it was for my early career... <clears throat> working for a dot-com in Hammersmith, or uh, for leisure, as I say today. So, so um, oh, right, back to the point, full back to the point. Right, okay, so I'm in North Yorkshire, and let's just say I'm walking over my dog today, and, uh, yeah, he's doing all right. Um, he's about a year and a half, by the way. He's working a working cocker, so he's, he's a pack of muscle, the young lad. Um, but we're walking around Swinsty Reservoir, and the weather, <laughs> I say this gently, but the weather is shit. <laughs> it's absolutely shit. Um, well, it's, it's not so, it's not really, really shit. I'm oh, sorry, and I shouldn't really swear. But look, um, the weather is rather inclement to the extent that it's actually got that really nice drip, drizzle, drizzle. You know, that sort of drizzle that makes you really wet. As if no rain keeps you dry. But um, it's a drizzle that keeps you really wet. Uh, makes you really wet. And uh, and it's gloomy. It's like nine o'clock in the morning. And it's slightly misty. And it's kind of slightly cold. Even though it's 
quite mild for the time of year. But word is from the Met Office that the oops, this goes is that the um, the cold is coming again. Well, look in North Yorkshire, the cold always comes. That's given. On average, as a little footnote, it's um, it's around about six to eight degrees cooler where I live now to where I used to live in uh, Greater London. It's about six to eight degrees cooler any time of year, on average. But it can be significantly cooler um, by like 20 degrees, I'd say. Quite extreme, but we're, we're sort of quite high up here. Um, Anyway, look, so the over... <laughs> Let's get back to the subject. Right, overwintering the lawnmower. You're going, well, tell us, Bill, what do we do? What do we do? Right, so <clears throat> I have a rather lovely Hater Pro, uh, which is uh, the lawnmower that I've probably over my years, um, even though I don't run the lawn service in Yorkshire anymore, but it might happen again. Never say never. Um, I have uh, this Hater Pro, of which I bought over the years, I think over 15 of them for the company. I certainly know that um, when I had f- four or five vans running, each of those vans would have had at least one mower in. And that would have, that would have gone on for sort of many years. But, um, ah, back to the subject, yes. Sorry, that's the last time I'm gonna say that, back to the subject. I will complete the narrative. So look, here's the thing. It's quite funny, actually, putting the lawnmower away. How, um, does it feel like an end? I don't know, actually. Um, but look, it's um, December the 28th, and um, I intentionally gave the lawn a light trim last week, just before I overwintered the machine. And I overwintered the lawnmower here in Yorkshire. Definitely because it won't be used after this last cup for several months, probably through until about March, I'd say. So about three months. Um, So, yeah, so, oh, the reason why I cut the lawn, by the way, (coughs) rather selfishly. Oh God, I'm such an idiot. It's um, obviously we're going to be, we, we will expect some snow on the lawn at some point in the next three months. And it's always good to have a nice flat lawn to roll up the snowballs, <laughs> to, build, to build the snowmen. And uh, long grass also is very handy at trapping Oban's turds. So um, nice short lawn, well presented, means that cleaning the turds up and uh, rolling snowmen, uh, and obviously, if you've <clears throat> if you've ever rolled a snowball, you know that the importance of don't go near the yellow snow. Well, don't even go near the brown snow either. But <clears throat> lawn maintenance goes so far as that that I have to prepare for the uh, the oncoming snowball season. And I know, I know, some of you will say, won't going on the lawn damage it. Um, and I'd like to say largely, I, my lawn this year, I'd probably give it about about 6 out of 10 in terms of uh, condition. Uh, I think I was cutting it around about, mm, probably about 20, 21 mil-ish. Cover was 100%, growth was perfectly smooth. It's quite nice really, but I couldn't get it in lower because it's not 
ballpark flat. <clears throat> but, um, yes, right. Okay, so, <clears throat> overwintering the lawn. Now, it's quite straightforward. First thing is, um, or certainly with, with my machine, is um, cut the lawn and I give the whole machine a really, really good wash. Now, because it's cold, and I've learned this from my, uh, from my, to my cost, it say, is that what I do when I wash the machine, generally, is I give it a really good wash and I don't leave it to dry. That's the first thing, I don't leave it to dry. What I actually do is I, first off, run the engine, so I turn it back on again to make sure it starts successfully. And I make sure that I actually get the engine up to a good heat. Because what I want to do is, I want to make sure that all the moisture around the engine casing, around the carb, that possibly might be there because of the wash, um, evaporates. I want a really bone dry engine. That's the first thing I want to do. Right, so once engine is bone dried, the next thing I do is um, typically pour it to one side and pour the remaining fuel in the fuel tank into the um, into my petrol holder, my petrol can, petrol holder. Stupid word. <clears throat> now you'll say, but the mower won't start. Now look, the thing is, what's happened is you've taken all the fuel out of the fuel tank but what is left is fuel in the fuel lines and fuel in the carb and that's where the problems that's where you can incur the problems if you don't overwinter your machine so <clears throat> because basically fuel gets old and as it gets old it, it gets ineffective it doesn't fire properly so you don't want any old fuel sitting in the carb or in the full fuel lines over winter <clears throat> so <clears throat> so yeah so basically i i then start the mower and what i do is i run the mower until it runs out of fuel which leads to the fuel lines being empty and the carb being empty and i tend to run the speed of the engine at full tank whilst it drains it out as opposed to slowly i just don't leave it chug 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 it i actually and it just whizzes out of fuel then and this is the this is the most top tastic tip i think is what i do is i let the engine cool down first but what i do is i take out the spark plug i take it out give it a good clean and then I put it back in clean. And might also be a good tip actually, from memory, is uh, take the spark plug out. And look, a spark plug costs about seven quid in the UK, but actually putting a new spark plug in isn't such a bad idea because when you get to the first cut, you fuel up the mower with brand new fuel it obviously pulls the brand new fuel through the fuel line, it pulls it through the carburetor. The carburetor then chugs a load of <coughs> fuel, brand new, delicious fuel, 
onto the brand new delicious spark plug. Now, you might say, well, why don't you leave the old spark plug in? Because doesn't the new spark plug get blah, blah, misty or, you know, get out of condition over winter? Well, look, the thing is, <clears throat> taking the old spark plug out just simply takes away any old, let's say, anything that's not in the cylinder. It takes away any old, old moisture any old oil it just takes it away i think it's a really good practice to take the old spark plug in put a new spark plug back in and you know that when the time comes you'll be pushing brand new fuel through to a perfectly good spark if you don't take the spark plug out maybe it will work all right i don't know but look this is what i've learned over the years so do that um, and look the lawn mower should be beautifully overwintered the other thing to keep in mind that if you've washed the mower and it doesn't hurt if you're putting it back in a garage or you're putting it back in a shed and it's cool and cold in that shed it doesn't hurt to give the whole thing a good dry even if you are a lawn loving kind of person a top tip if your garage isn't warm if your shed isn't warm when you put your slightly damp machine away, then why not actually put a small heater in there briefly just to completely dry out the machine? It's a good idea, look, you know, if you're slightly damp and cold, what's the best thing to do? The first thing is to do is get properly dry and put some dry clothes on. Same principle applies with your lawnmower. If that's a bit of a weird analogy, I don't know what it is. But um, so look, so that's the <clears throat> that's the whole purpose of the podcast is really to talk about that bit. It's like the overwintering the lawnmower, which is something that will save you, save you, on average in the UK. They say it will cost you. I don't know an early season service will probably cost between fifty and seventy five quid. I'd say, or certainly would cost me because you're looking to get the carb cleaned out the fuel lines cleaned out new spark plug general faffing around so you can kind of avoid all of that if you uh, if you overwinter your machine now look <clears throat> now we've now we've <laughs> now we've done that a bit we can we can have a little ramble <laughs> oh god right lot so ramble is the, the the general i shouldn't really call it a ramble because actually some very informed uh, observations is what I'm generally looking at and maybe sharing as a bit of a personal journal but on Facebook I the weird thing is, is on Facebook and I I know Facebook gets a bashing but look it's the platform that most if not all of the all gardening customers would probably have an account on and would from time to time dip into and like Whilst Facebook has its flaws, yes, on the macro level, it, it also does something that no other social media platform does. It, it's kind of a very, very, very good directory. That's the way I sort of think about it. Maybe that's a bit of an old school way of thinking, but look, the behaviour you use with Instagram, TikTok, WhatsApp and all the other kind of platforms you're not really seeing it as a, as a directory of people. You're seeing it as kind of like a stream of information. Generally, I'd say. 
that might be something you'd like to challenge. But look, <clears throat> this way, this way. But the um, the all gardening. So this podcast, obviously, is, is is my kind of like my new thing. Even though it's been going for sixty seven episodes and a bit of a whole year, really, is that Facebook and my Facebook business page has just over thirty thousand followers. Just over. 30,000 followers. Just, just, just think about that for a minute. Because that's what I've been trying to think about. Is 30,000 followers. Is, is a huge, huge, huge community of people. And I guess what I'm trying to do with All Gardening and the All Gardening Cafe. And if you listen to yesterday's podcast. The All Gardening Cafe book series. The film. <laughs> God. Oh, delusional. Yes, I know. I know. You don't need to tell me. Um, what I'm trying to do is, is, is think of ways of connecting the 30,000 gardeners together as a kind of a movement. But look, 30,000 people is a vast amount of people. And the thing that came to mind when I was looking at the analytics of the podcast because I do have another podcast I run for my other little side hustle, <clears throat> which is um, a fitness thing that I do called Get Fit to Row, but that's another conversation. But you'll find it on Facebook. Um, this podcast could be listened to by 30,000 people because the other day I accidentally fell on um, an option to add a new section to my Facebook business page which is podcasts. So I use a platform called Anchor FM and you can integrate Anchor FM because it's owned by Spotify. So they're kind of working together to try and get it, to try and get podcasts to be more important. But every time I produce a podcast on Anchor FM, it gets broadcast to the 30,000 people on the business page, assuming that the algorithm, and what is an algorithm? easiest way to describe an algorithm because I don't really understand what they're on about when they talk about algorithms but the podcast Facebook allows more people to see it now and a, and a standard business post Facebook doesn't allow people to see it it's as simple as that the algorithm actually makes a choice but what I realized the other day is that there is a very strong likelihood that more people are being allowed to be notified of the podcast. Which means that the more useful my podcast can be, the more useful people will find it, the more probability theory that Facebook's algorithm, the big god, the big god of Facebook, like Zuckerberg's brains choosing who what's, who reads what's and who sees what. But <clears throat> I've got a hunch that the um, the podcast postings, I'll get there, are seen as favourable content, therefore shared better, if you get my drift. So look, the reason for making this podcast slightly more useful <laughs> than the previous podcast is because I think Facebook will allow it to be shared or discovered by more of those 30,000 people. And look... The other interesting thing is, 
So I've sold a few of the books to um, the, the Eternally Hopeful Gardener, which is like, if you're a gardener, you're always eternally hopeful, right? Um, but the I've sold a few books, and if you don't know where to buy them, because a lot of people have asked, where can I get them? But the thing is, the posts that I put on Facebook that get some of that commentary disappears because of the algorithm, <clears throat> which means that there's no one place to learn about it, because not many people are going to see the, the, the post about the, the book. But look, on this podcast, there's a likelihood that more of you are going to hear about it. So look, so the Eternally Hopeful Gardener is on a website. It's on the company website, All Gardening, and that domain is in the UK, right? So it's allgardening.co.uk. But the shipping for the book is a fixed price shipping for anywhere in the world where I think people are uh, participating on the group or on the podcast. Now, the reason why I know that is because the data that Facebook and Anchor give, it does actually give you an insight into the geodata, the geographical data of the listeners and the engagers of those two things. Right, so if you're interested in the book and the movie that's coming out soon, how we built the biggest community on Facebook ever that, that grew something beautiful, I love the idea. Don't know where the story would go, but I do know that Kevin Bacon would play my part. Um, the you can buy the book on allgardening.co.uk, and it will be sent to you wherever it goes in the world. Because today's books are all going to different parts of the world. <clears throat> um, but I think that's about it. It's like um, the weather's gradually turning to more tippage. Yeah, it's pretty damp. But look, me and Oban are all right. We're used to walking in the rain. That's standard. Um, it calms him down, interestingly. I think after Oban's spent an hour and a half walking in the rain, I think he kind of goes back home thinking, oh, it's not so bad to be calm in the house for a few hours, which he has been for the last few days, which has been nice. Anyway, look, hopefully you're overwintering your lawnmowers and hopefully you're learning about the All Gardening uh, website and hopefully you might be interested in the book, The Eternally Hopeful Gardener. And if you think you can help me build the group and connect all the gardeners of the world and uh, then make a movie about it, I'm sure there's twists and turns that I can share of all gardening over the last 16 years and maybe the all gardening of the next 16 years. Because building something big, building a big idea, takes time. And I guess what I've learned is you have to turn, it's like a big oil tanker really, you have to turn into the, uh, turn into the channel. But it takes a long time to find the channel, I think. Maybe. Or maybe the channel's being built as I do it. Anyway, look. That's the end of it. That's the end of this podcast. It's been a long one. Hopefully you've journeyed all the way through with me. (laughs) 
It hasn't been so bad. And if anything, it's been quite useful and informative. Oh, and by the way, the other thing is, I've got to tell you, is uh, the biggest audience on the All Gardening Facebook group, the cafe, the All Gardening Cafe, the biggest audience, and also the biggest audience of the podcast, is based in the United States of America. And that's only just happened, and I don't know why it's pivoted from the UK to the United States. But look, if you're in the USA, I've been to San Francisco loads of times. I've been to New York quite a few times, worked there for for a few months as well. And uh, yeah, I'd love to travel to more parts of... uh, of the USA, but I think the way I'm going to discover all the individual states is by people discovering the All Gardening Cafe and sharing their story, sharing their gardening story from wherever they are, and then I can learn about it, right? I guess. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, so look, um, that's it. That's the wrap. That's the end. Um, I'm going to share that and see where it goes. Take care. Love you. Ta-da. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.